As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Three, two, one, zero. Hello. Welcome to... Episode 184. Saving Joyfully. Hey, Money Clan, a very warm welcome to the Chain of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. Katie, really epic conversation we had with Andrea and a really interesting story about how she funded her college tuition. Yeah, I love talking to her. I love hearing people who are still in the fight. And I remember when I was paying off my debt how I would feel. And I remember talking to people and they were like, I love that you are so active in your debt payoff. And she really, a lot of things she said, I was like, I definitely remember this. And I remember how it feels. And I just felt so inspired by her because she started with so much and she is still fighting away every day. Yeah. The biggest takeaway for me was it doesn't make a difference where you are on your journey. You can always improve on where you're at and you can always make things a little bit better for yourself. Yeah. So yeah, she may not be debt free and she's in her late 30s. However, that doesn't mean that she's given up. In fact, she's like double down and she's trying to get even more serious now. And I think that if you can do that, you'll do really well. Well, and I think that is such an admirable quality because so many people don't. And she is really proactive. And I found talking to her so inspirational. Awesome. Well, before we dive right in, if you guys haven't already, we'd love if you joined our Facebook community. Head on over to chainofwealth.com slash group. We have an awesome close-knit community. We'd love if you would come join us and tell us your money story. All right, Kate, you ready to dive right in? Yeah. Fantastic. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Today, we have Andrea Joy from savingjoyfully.com. Andrea is a personal finance blogger who, after making some bad financial choices in college, has turned her finances around and now helps others to do the same. Her blog began as a way to share some great ways to help stretch her budget and document her journey to achieve financial freedom. 
Andrea is 37 years old and has been married to the love of her life, Jason, for the last 12 years. Together, they have been working on building a budget and creating a more balanced life. Welcome, Hi, Andrea. Andrea. Hi, how are you guys? Good, thanks. How are you? Pretty good. So I am a little bit intrigued. I wanted to chat about some of your bad financial choices that Dennis alluded to in the beginning. Okay. Just because I think we have all made them. And I'm always curious as to what other people did. Sounds good. And I'm pretty much an open book on most of those things because (laughs) I know where I came from and I don't want others to make those mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. So what were some of like the things that you did back in college and when you were a bit younger that kind of set you back a bit, you feel like? Well, I came from kind of a tough situation growing up. My parents were not good with money. Um, They did not teach us much about handling money. And I was one of nine children. So when it came to going to college, I was on my own as far as finances with that. So because of not qualifying for student loans, because of my parents' financial situation, I had to find another way. And at that point, credit card offers were coming in from a lot of different companies, which I think tends to happen for a lot of college students. And I applied for my first credit card. And at that point, that is how I started paying my tuition and my books. So all of that went on credit cards. I did work, but I worked full time and lived on my own. And between the amount that I was making at that time and paying for school, I didn't have enough money to fund it. So it all went on credit cards at that point. So essentially you were in a position where you were still trying to work and, you know, trying to pay it off, but just because of the sheer cost of college and the, obviously the amount of hours required every month, you were essentially going a little bit more negative. Yes. And at that point, although it was a horrible decision, it seemed like the best one. (laughs) Well, I can't imagine being in that situation because I know when I think back to my, how I was at 17 and 18 and applying for college, I was pretty worthless. (laughs) And my mom was like, this is what you're going to do. And she kind of, you know, just told me what to do and I did it. And it doesn't sound like you had that same kind of guidance. No. And that definitely would have been helpful to have somebody who knew what to do and who would have guided me. But I felt pretty alone during that period of time. And I did what I thought was the best thing for myself. I always wanted a better education. So when I decided to go back to college, I didn't even really know what I wanted to go for. And I'm sure that is very common with a lot of college students, too. I switched majors a couple of times while I was in college. Finally ended up settling on business management, which is what I graduated with. Well, I think you should definitely tip your hat to yourself for just going, because I think a lot of people who are just coming out of high school kind of need that push to go. So the fact that you didn't have anybody to help you, and then I didn't even know that you could not qualify for student loan. Yeah. I thought they basically would take anybody. (laughs) I graduated in 1999. And at that point, and I'm not sure if it's still the same, but up until the age of 26, they still count your parents' income. 
Mm-hmm. So if your parents don't sign for a loan, you cannot get one. So that's how it was for me. I do remember people talking about that. Yeah. So that was the tough part. So I didn't qualify at that time up until the point that I was 26. I was not able to qualify, which I wish I wouldn't have had to do student loans either, which I did have to eventually do. But, you know, it is what it is. And I've learned a lot of lessons and I'm making great strides in getting myself out of the debt that I put myself in. Fantastic. So in terms of these credit cards, so you basically use seven credit cards and you just basically max them all out essentially paying for your college tuition. Once you got out of college, what was your sort of thought process then? Because obviously you start looking at your credit cards and you're like, wow, you know, the average APR on this is like, whatever it is, probably like 25%, which is hellishly expensive. Yeah. Did you sort of try and restructure them in some way or what is your thought process? Well, honestly, survival was that the point I was at at that time. It was just tough. It was trying to keep up with even the minimum payments for those was so hard. I worked so much overtime. Um, I actually met my husband around that same time. I was still in college at that time. And we got ended up getting married in um, 2006. But at that time... I was not focused on paying them down. I was focused on surviving and making it through. We did very well with our wedding, like keeping it, I think it was under 2000 for the cost of our wedding. And then I think it was close to the same for our honeymoon. Um, So in comparison to a lot of people, we did pretty well. I've always been really frugal except for those situations where I was desperate. So I learned a lot of that from my grandmother growing up because my grandmother was always into saving money and getting the best deals and stuff. So I learned a lot of that from her. But my main focus when I got out of college was just to make those payments. And then as the years went on, I started to realize that I wasn't making the strides that I wanted to make with it and started getting more serious about it at that point. So I read an article on your website and it says you managed to pay off seven credit cards that you were using during college and you essentially haven't used them since. Actually, the last one would have been number seven that I just paid off. So fantastic. Congratulations. And that was last week. That's wow, super, super congratulations. Thank you. And that was very exciting. It's it's always a good feeling when you've paid off any of those debts. Yeah, okay. definitely. So where are you at today in your journey? Like you've obviously come very far. Yes. Um, where are you now? Currently, I'm in a better place. I, like I said, I'm still paying on student loans and I still have... I actually have four cards that I'm still working on at this point. Sounds like a lot. It was a lot. (laughs) It was a lot of debt that has built up over the years. But like I said, I've come a long way. My focus right now, like each time I pay off a credit card is to put that amount that I was paying onto that other credit card onto the next credit card. Um, I've actually been able to pay more onto those cards than even that recently. My job has gotten a lot better. 
I've improved my own financial situation a lot more over the years. So things are getting a little bit less tight. (laughs) Yeah, well, with every payoff that comes, you have more money to put towards your other debt. So it will eventually, each payment gets a little bit easier. And I remember when I was paying off my loans, that was what I had to focus on and remind myself that each payment is like a big chunk out of it and it'll get easier and easier as it goes. Did you finally pay yours off completely? Finally. Yes. That's awesome. I I put my head in the sand and it, and the big thing that I had was my student loan and I had a really bad car loan that I was paying through the roof for for a Honda and I eventually just, you know, decided it was time to deal with it and I just stuck to it. But it was brutal. There were times where I just wanted to yeah. quit. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah. And even with having a couple more credit cards left and your student loan, if you look at the grand scheme of things, you have come so far already that there's there's no turning back. And that's what I want others to see, especially when they come to my website, is just some encouragement in knowing that you may be in a place like this, but there is hope. Because there are many times that I have felt the complete opposite. It is a struggle. It's it's a horrible struggle when you're that deep in debt. Mm-hmm. But it is possible. If I've done it, someone else can do it. So did you ever consider declaring bankruptcy to sort of try and get rid of a lot of the credit cards? I'm not sure if that would work because they essentially funded your college tuition. Yeah. But just out of curiosity... Um, in the past, I'd considered it, but that's not what I want to do. I feel like I am responsible for my debt, (laughs) so (laughs) I should take care of it. Um, There are a lot of people that have to, and they get to that point, but I believe in hard work (laughs) and doing what I can to take care of the mess that I've made. Yeah, makes sense. So like, obviously using these credit cards so much, I read that like, you basically have like paid them off and now that you pay them off, you haven't really used them. Yes. <laughs> Are you still against using credit cards today? Like, I'm curious to hear your thoughts because obviously a lot of people talk about credit card hacking and stuff. <laughs> well, I have one card that I use and pay off every month. And that is, it's a you promise card that earns me cash back. Oh, cool. Yeah. And that one I actually do use, like I said, and pay off every month. And I use it for specific things that I have to do every month. Um, our, I'm trying to think the car insurance goes on that and my phone bill goes on to that one. And those are bills that I'm already paying anyways, and they automatically get paid off every month. So it kind of helps. It's just a little bit of extra money that way. But I don't do a lot of credit card hacking because I'm not real fond of credit cards after all of these years. (laughs) (laughs) So once I am done paying them off, I don't want to deal with them like that again. (laughs) I completely understand and get where you're coming from. I have a girlfriend who basically is the same way when I talked to her about credit card hacking. She was like, I don't use credit cards. I'm like... That was the end of the conversation. I was like, oh, okay. 
(laughs) And I know it works for some people and I'm fine with that, but I'm one of those people that it's been a struggle for me in the past. And when you know your limits, you're better off to avoid those things. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to talk about where you are now. You've come really far and you have this great blog that focuses a lot on achieving a balanced life and motivating other people. And I wanted to know what advice you have for people who are in the struggle and trying to find balance in their life. Well, I would say definitely don't give up. I know there's going to be those tough days. There are going to be a lot of times where you're going to feel like you just can't do it, but you can. Um, Hard work, consistency, those are the biggest things. Those are going to get you where you need to go. And you may have to do overtime. You may have to pick up an extra job. You may have to cut things out of your budget that you may not want to, but that's how you're going to get there. So those would be the things I would say. The amazing thing about like just picking up an extra job is it actually makes such a big difference. It really does. You know, because like you have your set expenses every month and whatever money you earn from a second job is literally pure bottom line for you. So you can take that money and really put it to a good use. And there's nothing really that's going to take something from that. Uh, Obviously, the government will take their share, but that's about (laughs) it. (laughs) Yeah. And we're in an age now where picking up a second job is so easy. I personally have three. So (laughs) I feel like all I'm doing is working and saving to try to catch up because it did take me such a long time to pay off my debt that I love the fact that you say, you know, don't give up. There are hard days, but you can do it. And, you know, cutting back your budget or earning more money. We're in like that great time where you can easily earn money if you need to. Yeah. Katie, did you come through some of the same things with credit cards also, or was it just your student loans? Um, no, not with credit cards. My story is a, is a bit different. I'm not a shopper, so I never really had credit card debt. I had, I guess I would say like obliviousness debt. I was trying to help people and co-signed for a car loan and that kind of, and the lack of better terms screwed me over in the end. And then I was pretty oblivious with my student loan and, you know, with my like 6% interest and ignoring it for years, that also was quite painful to come to terms with. And then I did end up having a little bit of credit card debt because I had a medical bill that I ended up just wanting to get rid of the hospital off of my back. And I put, I paid the hospital bill onto my credit card. <laughs> so not, not the brightest thing I ever did, but. Uh, and I completely understand that too. <laughs> but, but that is where all my debt really was. So talking about all that stuff, I'm sure now you have a budget and you're pretty regular with it. Yes. What is your budget like and how often do you go over it? Um, We're actually really good. My husband is one of the biggest ones that manages the budget. And he is just adamant about like when we go to the grocery store, we stay under $80 a week for the two of us. I mean, it's tough sometimes, but but we do it. Um, We budget for everything. 
aside from like when I'm paying a little more onto a credit card or something like that, uh, we budget everything in. So, I mean, there are times where we'll splurge, you'll go out to eat or we'll go to the movies or something like that. But those are all figured into the budget also. So how critical would you say that that budgeting has been to your success? Um, It would not work otherwise. (laughs) It just, it's impossible to pay down the type of debt that we've had or that I have had personally, if you don't have a good budget, if you are not on top of everything that you bring in. Yeah. And I think it doesn't just work for debt. It works for building up your net worth as well. Yes. You know, a lot of people just think, oh, you have to budget because you're in debt. But I think it's even just as important if you are on the other side and you're trying to look long term. And I think that everyone should really have a budget and whether, depending on where you are on your journey, shouldn't actually impact the state of your budget. You should always like have clear, um, you know, clear motives in terms of like your different categories and you should always try and stick to them and hold yourself accountable. And I think that if you can develop that at a younger age, it will help you considerably more in later life. I agree. And another bad decision that I made when I was younger was not starting a 401k until I was older. Mm -hmm. Um, I was probably about 26 when I finally started it. So it's taken me a while to build that up also. My company gives 3% match, which is great, but I didn't take advantage of that for many years that I worked for the company and I regret that. (laughs) I remember hearing when I was in my first teaching job that a lot of the older teachers, the people would come around for their uh, retirement plans and everything. And all the older teachers would lecture the younger teachers and say, I wish I would have done this when I was your age. Start your retirement plan now. And you just don't take them seriously. You don't. And everybody (laughs) was like, yeah, whatever. We'll get to it. And thankfully my brother is, uh, also in finance and everything. And he basically forced me because otherwise I don't think I would have started uh, quite as early, but I still didn't contribute like a whole lot of money. So, yeah, but I figure every little bit is better than nothing. I actually had this conversation with my 20 year old sister last week and I was just telling her because she's starting at the same company that I work for. I was like, put in something, they match. (laughs) Trying to explain to her, You probably don't understand what I'm saying right now, but believe me, the younger you start, the better off you're going to be later. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And and even building up to the point that you can actually max out your 401k, you know, like it's it's the small steps that count. And the younger you are that you get into that habit of, I can't touch this money. It's going to long-term retirement, you know, the better off you'll be. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Money Clan, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. This episode is sponsored by Savvy Financial. Why does good financial advice have to be so hard to get? So complicated, so expensive. With Savvy, it doesn't. Simply Smart Advice can be yours at no cost. You can be the financial action hero and take control of your financial future in minutes with Savvy. Savvy helps you organize all your financial accounts and make sense of your overall spending, then gives you specific advice on your financial goals. Built by a team of MIT-trained data scientists, Savvy offers world-class financial advice on retirement, refinancing, student debt, 
life insurance, and more. And the best part, the basic subscription is free. Who doesn't love free? Oh, and the advice you're going to get? It's personalized and independent. Savvy puts your best interests first. You don't have to pay a human advisor thousands of dollars or waste countless hours struggling to build a plan. Savvy makes it easy and fast. Go to chainofwealth.com slash Savvy. That's S-A-V-V-I and click on the sign up tab at the top of the screen. That's chainofwealth.com slash Savvy. Take control of your financial future in minutes with Savvy. Okay, Andrea, so we talked a bit about it before the break, but what are your retirement and saving plans looking like? I have a 401k and I have a pension actually with my company, which is the only thing that pretty much saved me from, you know, not having put anything into my 401k for all those years. Um, The pension that they gave me was great. Um, My savings account is actually better than it has ever been, which is part of how I was able to pay off that credit card. I do what they call a 52-week money challenge every year, Mm -hmm. Um, something that you can find on Pinterest pretty easily. And you start with like a dollar in the first week and it builds up as you go through. And I've been able to do that probably for the past three years I have used some of that money towards different things. Right now, I have just under $2,000 in my savings. Fantastic. So, And that was with paying $1,500 last week onto this credit card to get rid of it. (laughs) Good for you. That's super exciting. I have uh, fond memories of the 52-week money challenge. I used to do it with my mom. Yeah. And we would hold each other accountable and then... At the time, neither one of us had any willpower. So it'd be like $100 in and then we would go and spend it. But it was always really fun to do, especially if you have somebody to do it with. Yeah, it's the only way that I've been able to, I guess, trick myself into saving money. (laughs) (laughs) But it works. And it's it's amazing how you can start from such a small amount and build up to that much over the years times. Yeah. Cool. So do you have a favorite book that you're currently into? Well, my favorite finance book is The Millionaire Next Door. And I read that actually in college. (laughs) It opened my eyes a bit to what finance really was and some great ways to look at things, I guess. Like the part in the book where they talk about how you can make what a physician makes or a surgeon every year and still spend every bit of it and not be wealthy. And that opened my eyes greatly because it's not even so much how much money you're bringing in. It's how you're managing it. Definitely. And that was eye opening to me too, as well. So do you have a favorite quote that you try to live by? Um, not exactly. I guess my favorite quote was, by Emily Dickinson. It's, if I can stop one heart from breaking, I shall not live in vain. And that quote to me just kind of sums up how I like to look at others to Mm -hmm. try to make a difference in other people's lives. That's lovely. Andrea, we've absolutely loved hanging out today. Do you have another last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Just don't give up. 
Just keep plugging away at your debt if you have it and definitely start saving today. I love that. Money Clan, we've been here with Andrea Joy. You can check out her website. It's savingjoyfully.com and definitely start making those incremental changes. They're going to have a massive impact to you in later life. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.